Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Good morning. If we haven't met, um, my name is Sally Millsap, and I serve here at the church as the pastor of Disciples in Action. Uh, This morning, our scripture comes from the second book of Corinthians. So if you want to get out your phones or the Pew Bible and read along with me, we're going to be in the 13th chapter, verses 11 through 13. This is uh, the benediction to the second Uh, letter to the church at Corinth. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Be restored. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Triune God, help us today to be open to the mystery and wonder of being your disciple. Amen. Our scripture today is a a beautiful benediction written to the people of Corinth by Paul. A joyful final farewell to his letter. A feel-good moment for the finale. Now, one thing I do love about this benediction in 2 Corinthians is it reminds me that the Bible was written in a time and place for a people in that time and place. A different context from our own. And do you know how I know this, choir? Do you know how I know this? Uh, I will not be greeting any of you all with a holy kiss. (laughs) A handshake, for sure. A hug, if appropriate. But a holy kiss, probably not. Uh, We do not live in the context where that is appropriate anymore. But the reference to a holy kiss does remind us to consider the context in which Paul was writing. See, if you flip back a couple of pages into the earlier chapters in 2 Corinthians, Paul seems exasperated with the church at Corinth. Well, why? Um, a A faction of Christians had traveled to Corinth 
and called into question Paul's credentials and his authority as an apostle of Jesus. This faction had fractured the church at Corinth, and they were close to a schism. I think, wow, see, God's church was struggling with friction and fracture almost 2,000 years ago. And not surprisingly, because we are human, we still struggle today. The church at Corinth was split over the role of Paul as their spiritual leader and guide. And today we argue over politics, human sexuality, guns, books in our children's library, and the list goes on and on. Well, what do we do? Maybe Paul's benediction on this Trinity Sunday might give us a glimpse into what God, our Creator, Jesus, our Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, our Sustainer, would want us to do and proceed in times of conflict. Our scripture today speaks of three things. Restoration, remembering, and response as a vision for a Christian community seeking a way forward. The three things seem to me to be fitting on a Sunday where we honor the Trinitarian aspect of our faith. Now, I don't know about you guys, but one of my favorite types of TV shows are the home improvement ones. Does anybody else like home improvement shows? Yes. Um, It all started for me with Bob and Norm. As a little kid, my parents did not have cable TV. So PBS was one of the handful of channels that we got. I remember watching This Old House on Saturday mornings after cartoons. Bob Vila and Norm Abram and the crew would take these historic homes and barns and restore them to their former glory. Now, for those of you who remember watching This Old House, You know, we did not get the instant satisfaction like we do on HGTV today of the home being done in one hour. You actually had to come back week after week after week to see the progress that they were making. Termite damage, asbestos, the weather not cooperating, so many obstacles and the hard work to create something beautiful. In our scripture today, Paul's first direction is for the church to be restored. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Scholars have translated the imperative be restored a couple of different ways. Put things in order or pull yourselves together. Just like on this old house, restoration in the church is tough work. It takes going back to the studs and the walls that frame up our community of faith and deciding that we can agree on things. I think when we start to listen to each other, to really listen to each other, we can find that we agree on way more aspects of our faith than we disagree about. If biblical restoration is a community of faith putting things in order, I think we have some serious work to do. 77% of our neighbors 
don't have a community of faith to call home, and we have a hundred plus neighbors calling our church each month because they can't pay their rent, electricity bill, or fix their car. If restoration means pulling ourselves together, that probably means we need to get over our own opinions, politics, and pet projects to decide what God is calling us to do in this time and in this place with our collective resources to share the message of hope to the world. And it is definitely not going to happen in a one-hour worship service on Sunday morning. We are going to have to come back week after week, year after year, to see God's vision. But I find so much hope in envisioning envisioning restoration that is to come. Paul also reminds us that we need to remember to live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. One of my favorite scriptures in the whole of the Bible is Matthew 18:20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am among them. Paul echoes this in his benediction in 2 Corinthians. We are called to remember that God is with us and has always been with us. There has never been a time in all of creation when God was not three persons. Theologian David Gushy reminds us that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were present at creation, and they have been in relationship since the foundation of the world. We are called to remember that the three persons of the one God have related in dynamic and varying ways with humanity at different historical stages. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, both fully divine and fully human, walked among us here on earth. The Holy Spirit poured out onto the church. We remembered and celebrated this encounter with God last Sunday on Pentecost. The three in one have always been with us. One of the ways I remember the mystery of the Trinity and how it was shared with me was at a young age singing songs at Cedar Crest Camp. And then again when I was in camp at college. Some of you may remember singing Father, I adore you. I lay my life before you. Oh, how I love you. The second verse, we sang, Jesus, I adore you. Continuing, Spirit, I adore you. And then ending with, Three and one, I adore you. And I lay my life before you. Over the past five years, our two sons, Will and Joe, both sang that song at Cedarcrest, and generations to come will continue to be called to remember to live in peace as believers, and that the triune God is a God of love and peace that is always with us. 
I think it is important for us to note that the scripture today is a benediction, a final blessing, a sending forth for Paul to the church at Corinth. A church that, as we remember, was wrestling with some challenges. Paul closes with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. This benediction in 2 Corinthians is actually different than other benedictions and letters that Paul wrote. 1 Corinthians reads at the end, The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love to all of you in Christ Jesus. The letter to the Galatians ends with, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. Isn't it interesting that the second letter to the church at Corinth is the only benediction that expands to include all the persons of God in the Trinity. It seems that the church at Corinth during this season of struggle needed to be reminded of the fullness of God in the Trinity as they responded to the future. Well, how do we honor the fullness of the triune God that we have been exploring today? It is in our response to this benediction. Paul's fervent hope was that the church at Corinth be united in grace, love, and communion shown in the three persons of God. Paul reminded the church of the grace of God, a God that can bring reconciliation when it seems impossible, and resurrection even in death. What should we do with this benediction? We should respond. How can we not? Don't you want others to hear this good news of a God that offers grace, love, and eternal communion as our creator, redeemer, and sustainer? Our call as a disciple is to respond with a next step. Maybe it's inviting a friend from work to come to worship or to drive some of your children's school friends to VBS. Maybe you feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit to respond by volunteering as a small group leader for our youth at Disciple Now. Or make a commitment to be at Bible study and read your Bible daily throughout the summer. Or is God calling you to respond by volunteering to serve a meal with our Stepping Stones ministry or help build a wheelchair ramp for a neighbor in need? Each of us is called as God's children to respond to the grace offered to us in our own unique way. As we respond, we will be remembering the fullness of God in the Trinity and be a part of bringing about restoration to the whole of humanity. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen.